Father, with the saints and the angels, we worship at your throne today. We worship at your throne. We bless your holy name. You are worthy of all glory and honor. All riches and blessing belong to you, O oh God. We worship at your throne today. Thank you for this opportunity, Lord, of being able to worship you. We worship you. We worship you. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. You may be seated, church. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You know, there's no church that worships like you do. <laughs> Hallelujah. I think heaven loves it when Acts Church Bradford gets together and begins to sing in the spirit. 
I think heaven loves it. So thank you. Thank you for your worship this morning. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Well, it's my pleasure and my privilege to introduce and to welcome Apostle David and Dee McDonald. We're so happy to have you here in Bradford. Thank you for coming so far from the USA to come and speak to us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God bless you. So Apostle David and Dee are originally from South Africa. They were born there. They were brought up there. They went to Rhema Bible School and graduated with a certificate of ministry from Rhema. David and Eve, they both flow in a dynamic prophetic gift, and they have served as senior pastors of churches in South Africa, in Australia, and in the United States. Apostle David has traveled to over 40 nations, teaching and training church leaders. He is a sought-out prophet in the nations and also conducts schools in the prophetic and the apostolic. Hallelujah. Can somebody thank you? So we, um, you know, uh, Apostle David, I, I wanted to just say to you that God has seen the ditches that you have dug by faith as you've come here. And he's going to fill those ditches supernaturally. And God saw you both, Dee, as you, as you planned to stay three extra days just in case, just in case something was overflowing and we needed to do extra meetings. And I want to say to you, those three days, God is going to bless you with resurrection, resurrection power and revelation knowledge. And so church, can we, get, can we just stand and give a warm axe? Church Bradford, welcome in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. You can be seated. Wow, what an amazing atmosphere. You know, in an atmosphere like this, anything can happen. Amen. Come on. And I want to tell you, it's amazing when Jesus is in the, in the room. Amen. Because anything can happen. And so I'm expecting that anything will happen this morning. I'm looking for miracles, signs, wonders. I'm wanting to see God touch some of you. Amen. Come on. God wants to bring some of you into a place of supernatural overflow. You see, we don't have to strive when we're in the presence of God. We don't have to strive. We don't have to sweat. We don't have to push. We don't have to shove. We just allow the Holy Spirit to do it. Allow Jesus to touch you. Come on, open your hearts. And just allow Jesus to touch you this morning. Because, you know, I want to tell you that you and I change the atmosphere. And, and there's a favorite word that I use. And this is what the word I use. That wherever we go, we actually create ecosystems. We create an ecosystem. We change this, the, the atmosphere. We create an ecosystem where God can abide. Amen. Come on. Everywhere you go, there's an ecosystem. So... The question that you need to ask yourself this morning is, what's happening in my hemisphere? Amen. Come on. You've got to see it in the spirit. You've got to see it in the spirit. You can't just see it in the natural realm and then restrict yourself in the natural realm. You've got to start to realize that wherever you go, you bring the kingdom of heaven with you. Amen. Come on. 
according to the word of God, the word says God's kingdom has come on earth as it is in heaven. Well, God placed his kingdom in you. Amen. Come on, according to the word. So let's just pray, and we're going to get in the word this morning. If you're taking notes, the, the message is called, You Are the Letter Written. You are the letter written. So, Father God, we thank you this morning that you are present. We thank you this morning, mighty God, that it's not just information that you're releasing on the earth, but God, you're releasing revelation. And God, you're bringing us into such a deep relationship with you, intimacy with you, Father. We thank you this morning, Lord, that you would impart and you would deposit and you would activate and you would stir up your bride this morning. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Well, it's a blessing to be here. I'm so delighted to have my wife, Dee, travel with me, and it's been an amazing season. I feel that, how many of you sense that you've stepped into, this is a new era? How many of you sense we've stepped into this new place? It's like God is bringing the bride into a place of glory and power and substance, and we're not begging Jesus, but Jesus is on the inside of us. Amen. How many of you realize that? How many of you realize that we are in the end times? Amen. Come on. I don't know what your eschatology is, and I don't, really don't care. All I know about is that Jesus is coming back for a glorious bride. Amen. Come on. And we've got to be ready when he comes. And God is beautifying the bride, and this beautiful bride has been, is emerging to take on what Jesus looks like. Amen. Come on. So let's get straight in the Word. If you've got your Bibles with you, let's go to 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 3, and let's see what the Bible says. How many of you love the Bible? I love the Word of God. Just say, I love the Word of God. I love the Word of God. Come on, you've got to dust that book off. You've got to read it. Come on, switch the television off. Switch all the soccer off. You've got to get in the Word. Start to read the Word get, and understand what the Word is saying. Amen. Come on. Because get, let me tell you right now, the deceiver is deceiving people that don't know the Word. When you know the Word, nobody can deceive you. Because the great deceiver is on the earth right now. Many people are being deceived. So you've got to stay in the Word, and you've got to understand what you look like to heaven. Have you ever thought about what you look like to heaven? Come on, you, you've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse, I'm just going to read from verse 1, and we'll read a couple of uh, verses. It says, are we beginning to praise ourselves again? Are we like others who need to bring you letters of recommendation or, you, or who ask you to write let, such letters on our behalf? Surely not. Now listen, the only letter of recommendation we need is you yourselves. You yourselves. Your lives are a letter written in our hearts. Everyone can read it and recognize our good work among you. In other words, you are the walking, you are the breathing epistle of Jesus. Amen. Wherever you go, people ought to come in contact with Jesus. Come on, get excited about that. You ought to, when people come in contact with you, they ought to be coming in contact with the power and the healing power of Jesus. They ought to be coming in contact with re revelation, with mercy, with grace, with love. Come on. They ought to be coming in contact with the testimony of Jesus. You know, it's amazing. It's like we're always looking for natural evidence. Show me this. You know, uh, Doubting Thomas said, show me your hands. Show me this. I want to see the evidence. I, and we always we seem to be writing things in the natural. We need reference. And I understand that. We need reference letters to find jobs and careers. And yes, sometimes even in ministry. But we, let's stop judging people by the natural realm. Let's start judging them by the spirit realm. Amen. Come on. Let's start picking up what's happening in the spiritual realm. I'm telling you, there's more in you than the eye can see. 
Greater is you in you than he that is in the world. So that when you present yourself to the world, they should see Jesus. They, they, there should be a whole lot of, and not just a little bit of Jesus. There should be a whole bunch of evidence that you've been in the presence of the king. You smell the, like the king. You look like the king. That's what the nations need. They don't need a whole new conference on this and that. They need to just come in contact with Jesus in you. Amen. Come on. And so in my own life, I've become very conscious of Christ in me. I've become very conscious of where I'm seated. Amen. Come on. I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places. I'm conscious what I carry. So everywhere I go, I'm always looking to see miracles, signs, and wonders. I'm not wondering what's going to happen. I'm not wondering when I come into a city. I'm not wondering what when I come into a room. I know without a shadow of a doubt that Jesus just walked in with me. Oh, some of you ought to get excited about that. Because we, we need to understand something. So let me read this again. Your lives are a letter written in our hearts. Everyone can read it and recognize our good work among you. Clearly, you are a letter from Christ showing the result of our ministry among you. This letter is written not with pen and ink, but with the Spirit of the living God. The Spirit of the, say that with me, the Spirit of the living God, the Spirit of the living God. We welcome you in this room, Holy Spirit. We welcome you back into areas of our life. Listen to me. We have made such a small thing of the Holy Spirit. There are many churches today you can go to. They are full to capacity, but they become seeker-friendly. They become seeker-friendly churches. They don't want the move of the Holy Ghost. They don't want the power of the blood of Jesus. They don't want miracle signs and wonders. They just want to go and have a couple of bookies and some tea. That's not the power of God. That's not the Spirit of God. Amen. Come on. You've got to start to be wise, and you've got to start to realize you are, you are a container of the Holy Spirit. Let me show you another word, because I just want to lay some foundation, because I want you to recognize this morning, I want you to come into agreement with what you carry and who you carry. You are carriers. Amen. Come on. You're far more powerful than COVID will ever be. You are infectious with the Holy Ghost. And sometimes we've got to hear these messages so we can stir ourselves up in the most holy faith. Amen. Come on. Stir yourself up this morning and say, God, I'm not just going to be a member anymore. God, listen to me. God's moving the church from membership to kingdomship. Membership to kingdomship. We've got to understand God's kingdom. God's kingdom has come. Let's go to quickly Acts chapter 2 verse 17. And all of you ought to know this scripture off by heart because I believe this is a prophetic word to the church in this season. Amen. Come on. People come to me all the time and they say, well, I need a prophetic word. I need a prophetic Well, just read the book of Acts. That's one big prophecy about what you ought to be doing. That's why it's called the book of Acts. Say the book of Acts. How many of you desire to do the book of Acts? The Acts in the book of Acts. Say the Acts in the book of Acts. I want to do some Acts from the book of Acts. Amen. Come on. I don't want to act. I want to do the book. I want to do the acts. I don't want to just be acting. I want to be actually manifesting the acts. Amen. Come on. The acts. And so when I look at this, it says in chapter 2, verse 17, it says, In the last days, God said, Say, God said, I'll pour out my spirit upon all people. It says in my Bible, all flesh, all people. How many of you believe that you qualified right there? Both hands, both feet. 
I've been qualified through the blood to receive the power of the Holy Spirit in this day. Amen. Come on. And it says, your sons and daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. Amen. Come on. And in these days, I'll pour out my spirit on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. Now, when you study that word, what you find is actually speaking about the fact that the church will start to exhibit the test me of Jesus. The spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. Every time we move in the prophetic realm, we're moving in Christ's realm. We're moving in His personality. We're moving in His relationship. I want you to get this this morning. We've got to realize you are the letter written. Every time they see you, every time they come in contact with you, they're coming in contact with Christ Himself. Christ in me, the hope and glory. Amen. Come on. We've got to remove this mindset that the enemy tries to put on us, that we're always seeking to be free, always seeking to be saved in terms of being saved. Already I am saved through Christ. Amen. Come on. I don't come to church looking for Jesus. I bring Jesus with me. Amen. Come on. Now, if you're unsaved and you're not saved, then I come looking for salvation. I come looking for healing. Come on. But when you're healed and you're delivered and you're set free, I come with Jesus into this atmosphere and I receive downloads and revelation. So when I walk through that door, I become the light of the world. I'm not the light of the church. We come to church and put our lights on. God says, no, you're the light of the world. You're not the light of the church. Are you hearing me? It seems like we get excited when we come to church because we found Jesus at church and we're born again. But when we leave the door, we put our lights off. We close up shop. We leave. Nobody, everybody thinks you're just one of those 007 Christians. All you have is a fish on the backside of your car. Nobody knows you're alive. Amen. Come on. But you should turn that around and say, God, today I thank you. I need to see revival. And I'm going to become the fire starter in the city. Amen. Come on. So what I'm wanting to say is this. You carry the glory. I'm not looking for glory. I live from His glory. Amen. Come on. I'm not looking for victory. I'm living from victory. I'm living from that place. I'm abiding in Him. Are you hearing me? Come on, just say, Lord, just come and soak me this morning. Holy Spirit, soak me. Come on, speak to the dry bones in your life. Sometimes the enemy just wants you to feel like a dry soup bone. God says, no, I've made you a supernatural bone. Amen, come on. I've put flesh on you. I put marrow in you. I put the spirit on you. You're a supernatural bone. Amen, come on. You've become a great army. See, we've got to start to use our spiritual senses, and we've got to start to see what God sees. Every day you wake up and every day you walk in a, I just saw such something on your life. That brother and his, is it your wife next to you? Just beautiful dress. I just love that. I want to tell you something. When you came up to the table, the Lord says, they are royalty. There's such a royal anointing on you. There's a supernatural anointing on you. Amen. Come on. God says you won't live in a place of defeat. You won't live in a place of just enough. But God says in this hour, you will live in a place of more than enough. Pressed down, shaken about and running over, not just for you, but for your family, for the people that you've been crying out of God for, for the people that you've been contending for. God says, son, I will bless you in season and out of season because you've made my name high above every other name. Come on. Thank you, Lord. This couple's sitting right here. Are you a couple? Are you married? Not yet. You need to get married. Amen. Come on. Are you married? Getting married. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm always asking people, are you married? Because there's so many people in church that just shack up. 
You need to shack off and just marry. Get married. Because there's such a covenantal anointing on you. Amen. There's such a call of God on your life. And it's like God, and I just see, what's your name, sister? Sophie, I just feel the, the biggest dream of your life. Say, God, where are we going to be rooted down? I need a place. And I just feel the Lord saying, I'm going to open up a place for you to live. I'm going to give you the desires of your heart. Amen. Come on. Quit worrying about where you're going to live. God says, I've got the right place for you to live. I've got the right house for you to live. I'll give you the desires of your heart. Amen. So we've got to go back to the word and say, I'm because I'm the letter written. Because I'm the written, letter written, I walk with great evidence. Come on. What evidence do the people see? What do you, what, listen to me. Do you realize that we live in the power realm? Say power realm. Power I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. I live in the power realm. I live in the revelation realm. I'm not going to allow reason to cloud revelation. Amen. Come on. Because many people will come and tell you why it can't work. Many people come and tell you why it shouldn't work. But God says, if you get my word and you're a son, it will work. I will give you the desires of your heart. I'll bless you in season and out of season. So all of us in this room need to realize that we have received not just the spirit or a spirit language, but we received the evidence of the Holy Spirit through the speaking of tongues. Amen. Come on. But you've got to ask yourself the question, what evidence do I see in the power realm? Amen. When I lay hands on the sick, will they recover? Can I cast out demons? Yes, you can. Come on, saints. These are the signs of the believer. And I believe, uh, Apostle Abe and, and Lillian, I believe we're coming into a season where there's going to have to be more evidence, more fruit in what we do and say. Amen. Come on. You will be judged by your fruit, not your gifting. We put so much emphasis on the gifting, but there's no fruit. I want to see some fruit. Amen. Come on. And some of the fruit that I want to see is mercy and patience and love and kindness and meekness. But the evidence that I want to see is I want to see healings and resurrections and miracles and people raised from the dead. Every time I look at a pond, I'm thinking that was made to walk on. See, that's just me. See, when I'm walking in the, around, I would do a lot of walking. I see a pond. I'm thinking, man, I'd like to get to the other side. That sucker was made to walk on. And so God's still teaching us how to divide the spiritual realm from the natural realm. You see, some of us still think that we are part of a natural realm, and you're not. We live in a natural realm, but I'm actually operating in a supernatural realm. Amen. Come on. I'm separated from the kingdom of darkness. I'm separated, and I now live in the kingdom of light. You see, we've got to stretch ourselves. Otherwise, the supernatural realm only becomes a five-minute experience on Sunday. You see, when I'm flying and when I'm traveling, I'm always conscious about what God can do. And so I've seen people get saved in airplanes. I've seen people get healed in restaurants. I've seen people get delivered in all sorts of places. Why? Because I'm consistently thinking about this kingdom. The kingdom of heaven is in me. I am the letter written. God has written all sorts of amazing supernatural words in my heart. The Spirit of God is there. Listen to me. The world is not looking for some hopeless Christian. The world is looking for a supernatural people that will bring the evidence of the kingdom. Once and for when we lay hands, when we speak prophetically, things will start to come into alignment. That's what God's doing on the earth. And so there's a whole shift coming. And we, what people need to see is they need to see this letter written. They need to see what we carry. Amen. Come on. 
I can think of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of scriptures where God identifies you as epistles, as chosen, and as called out, as servant, uh, as, as royalty, as kings, as separated unto him, the bride of Christ. Hundreds of scriptures. And yet we stuck in religion, we stuck in membership, we stuck where we are, we stuck in one place. Amen. Come on. And you know what Pharaoh said to Moses? He said, Moses, go and, sh- go and serve your God. Go and serve your God. Go and roll on the ground. Get a prophecy. But leave your, your herds and your flocks behind. What, why did Pharaoh say that? Because he knew by leaving their herds and flocks behind, they would have to come back to him every time they wanted to worship and ask for a heifer. And what that means is we many times have left the things that matter to God with the enemy. We leave it at the, in the enemy's camp and we come back to the enemy and we have to borrow and steal and beg to worship because we don't have a revelation of who we are. Listen to me. Stop leaving your stocks and your herds in the hands of Pharaoh and come into a place of saying, God, when I you know what worship is? Let me tell you something about worship. Worship is not four songs on the overhead projector. And it is in this situation. Do you realize that God cannot worship himself? You know that God cannot bless himself, cannot worship himself. God cannot thank himself. So when you do what, you, what God cannot do for himself in worship, he then does for you what you can't do for yourself in worship. So this morning, all of us in this room were doing something for God he couldn't do for himself. And God is stirred when he looks down from heaven and says, they're doing something I cannot do for myself, so I'm going to do something for them that they cannot do for themselves. I want you to think about that. Every time you worship, say, God, I'm actually doing something for you that you cannot do for yourself. And God says, you know what, son? I'm going to do something for you that you cannot do for yourself. I don't know about you, but there's a lot of things I cannot do for myself. And just in that instant, you may get your miracle, you may get your healing. Your family that you've been praying for may come into the church, back into church or get saved or get delivered. Or some of you that are dealing with all sorts of sickness and disease and financial problems, just in that microsecond, things can shift. So you've got to consistently be alert. God, today I want to please you. God, today I want to worship you with all of my heart because I know you can't do this for yourself. See, there's a whole new measure when it comes to worship, when you think like that. Amen? Come on. Let's go to Mark 16. Are you guys okay? I want to stir you this morning. Because I know you've been stirred and you've been in prayer and you've been, fire, you've been in, you've been contending, you've been out on the streets. But I'm going to tell you something. We've got to see a lot more happen within the church. There should be hundreds of people in the streets. Amen? Come on. There should be hundreds of people worshiping. There should be hundreds of people praying and seeking God. God spoke the same word to me. He said, in this season, it's going to be not great preaching. It's going to be great pre-praying that's going to bring things happening. Amen. Come on. Praying is going to shift things. Let's go quickly to Mark 16. This is another scripture that we should have um, a tattooed in our hearts. Amen. Come on. Tattooed on our hearts. Mark 16. Let's just go there quickly. I just love this scripture here. And uh, I'm just going to read from verse um, 15. It says, And he told them, Go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptized. How many is that of you sitting here? Anyone believed and baptized? Both hands, both feet. Amen. Come on. Go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved. But anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. Why am I putting that in there? Because let me, this is what I've learned in life. There's some people that will reject your testimony. 
Please focus on the people that will, that will embrace your testimony. Sometimes we spend so much time with unproductive seed. Find those people that will respond. Yes, go after the lost. Go after the lost. And in our lives in ministry, we've gone hard after the lost. But what I've found many times, there's some people that just will not receive it. But there are people that are hungry that will receive it. And I find that when you out there and you find the hungry, what happens many times is you don't have to spend unnecessary time. You just speak one prophetic word and they get saved. Amen. And I'm telling you, there's a whole harvest out there that is so ripe. You don't have to spend hours and hours and hours. Just Lord, in Jesus name, give me a prophetic word. This is how we evangelize. We go out there and we call it prophetic evangelism. So when we go out there, we actually ask God, who are we talking to today? What do they look like? What do they got on? We ask God for identifying the, who we're going to speak to. And 99% of the time, we find the people God shows us. Amen. Come on. Now, there's times I call it raw fishing, where you just take the net and throw it in the sea and just pull up and see what happens. Amen. Come on. But there's times I feel God wants us to be intentional. How many of you know Jesus was intentional? Let me prove it to you. Pastor David, where do you read that? I'm glad you asked. Because when Jesus was feeding the 5,000 or the 15,000, guess what he said? He said, take the men and put them in groups and sit them here, sit them there, sit them there, sit them there. Why, why did Jesus do that? Because Jesus is intentional. He wants to make sure everybody's going to get fed. But what we do as the church, we just, throw, we, just, we just throw a whole bunch of popcorn in there and hope it falls on somebody. We've got to be intentional. We've got to start praying intentionally for the different mountains of influence around our city. The mountain of government, the mountain of family, the education mountain, the arts, the media, the commerce mountain. We've got to find those mountains say, God, we're going to bombard these mountains with great, with great intentionality. We want to make sure they understand that there is a people that love them. We're not just going to go out there and say, okay, God, whatever will be, will be. Let's just do it. No, you've got to be intentional. Amen. Right now in our nation, we've got two mountains on our board. One mountain is the mountain of government. The other mountain is the mountain of education. Because if you don't educate, if you don't lead, if you don't touch the young ones now, the government of your nation will be corrupted. It's happening all around the world. Suddenly we're waking up. I just love what Apostle Abe said is that we're going to start training kids how to, how to do worship. Why? Because when they're 18 years old, we don't have to go and look for somebody to do worship because then we get into trouble. Then we start hiring people into worship. And most times they're just hirelings. But we want to raise sons in the house and daughters in the house. And we want to become so um, intentional in what we're doing. Amen. Are you hearing me this morning? So let's read that again, and I won't interrupt myself. And then he told them, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Say good news. The good news. Say good news. Everybody's waiting for good, bad, not good news, not bad news. Amen. Come on. It says anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be, will be condemned. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. Say miraculous signs. They will cast out demons. They will cast out demons. I believe we're going to see the movement, the deliverance movement arise like never before. And it's not going to be one ministry. It's going to be the church operating as a deliverance ministry. Amen. Come on. It's going to be part of the package. Because when I, we know Dean and myself were in Hawaii many years ago, and we were just walking along the beach um, in Waikiki, like a little footpath, trying to be romantic. You have to, come on. When you're in Hawaii, you want to be romantic. 
And so we're walking along the footpath there, and there was a lady coming from the front, and I said to Dee, you see that lady coming over there? She's probably, she was probably 100 meters away from us then, got closer and closer. I said, that lady, when she comes near us, she's going to fall on the ground. She's going to get sick. She's going to blaspheme God. She's going to get all weird. She's going to manifest. And I remember Dee said to me, how do you know? I said, watch. See, God already showed me. And as she came closer and closer, she fell on the ground. She got sick. She blasphemed. She, there was all sorts of weird stuff happening. We prayed for her. God touched her. It was amazing. Hello? I walked into a bank the other day just to draw some money. And I'm sharing this stuff with you because I've become more and more conscious about what I carry. I am a literate, literate written. I am the letter written. I'm carrying. I'm carrying God. You're carrying God. Walked into a bank. And I, and I stood in front of the little young lady. And the next thing, the whole bank filled with the most beautiful presence of Jesus. I started weeping. And I looked at her and she was weeping. And all I wanted was money. But God came in the room. And I reached through the teller to the little window and I grabbed her by the hand. And I didn't know who she was. She didn't know who I was. She grabbed my hand like I was her father. And she started to share everything with me, her life and everything that was weeping and weeping. And there are people in the bank. And God said, why are you surprised? Why are you surprised? You've been asking for this stuff. And we get so surprised. Don't be surprised. Just say, God, I want to be conscious of what you're doing in this nation. I want to be conscious of what I carry. God, I'm the letter written. God, there are people out there that need you. Lord, would you make me so sensitive? Give me eyes to see and ears to hear. Amen. Come on. What did Jesus say? Jesus said six something. Jesus said something 16 times in the New Testament. Who can tell me what it was? What did Jesus say 16 times in the New Testament? No. Jesus said something 16 times. Come on, you theologians. This is what Jesus said 16 times. He said, those who have ears to hear, let them hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. I just gave you the answer just now. Those who have ears to hear, let them hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. And so when you leave your house and when you leave your place where you live, you've got to be praying those prayers and saying, God, I want to be so sensitive to what you're doing that I don't miss a moment. That I'm aware of people. I was driving on my car to church and I saw an old man, not here, in, back in the United States where I live, I saw an old man walking next to the road. And as I drove, I just started to weep and weep because I sensed his need. It was such a deep, deep compassion that just welled up inside of me. I was in Australia and I was just walking along and I said arrogantly to the Lord, arrogantly, what, how, a big shopping mall. I said to the Lord, how do you see these people? Thinking that God was going to tell me that he sees them as a bunch of sinners. And I was absolutely overwhelmed when God whispered in my ear and he said, I wish you would see them like I do. I had to go and hide in the cleanest cupboard because I was weeping so overwhelmed with God's mercy and love and compassion. I couldn't just walk around. I just had to go and hide. I found a cleaning cupboard and went in a cleaning cupboard, closed the door and just wept and wept and wept because God said, I hope that you would see them as I see them. Because unless you see them as Jesus sees them, you'll only see them through your lenses. And some of our lenses are all dirty. 
And we will judge people. That's why I spoke in the, in the first couple of minutes about having to, you know, it's amazing. We judge men by what, what we see. We judge people. And the minute you judge them, you disqualify them from ever coming in. As a father of, a, a, a spiritual father of many sons, you know what the Lord said to me? He said, don't, don't call out their the disqualification or their weakness. Call out their strength. So when we meet people, it's very easy for us to say to people, well, I don't think he'll make it in ministry. I don't think she'll make it in ministry because we, they're not conforming to our standard. But Jesus has already cut them out and said, these people I love and separated unto myself, you've got to get into agreement with what I've already seen. That's why sometimes prophecy will boggle your mind because we, we prophesy over people and then leaders come to me and say, well, you don't know that person. They're in my church and they're really nincompoops. I say, well, you can see them as you want, but this is how God sees them. And what God is actually saying in that moment of prophecy, he's calling them into what he's already perceived them to be, but we've got to get through the natural mindset. Are you hearing me? And so let's go back to this verse again. It says, these miracles and signs, or these miraculous signs, will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name. They will speak in new languages. They will be able to handle snakes with safety. And if they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. They will be able to place their hands on the sick, and they will be healed. You are the letter written. You are filled with the power of God to do these exploits. You are yet to build. You are yet to raise up. You are yet to disciple. Amen. Come on. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 2. Let me show you another scripture that is so amazing because this is how God identifies you. He identifies you with this. Amen. Come on. You are identifiable in the spirit realm. God identifies. You are identified in the spiritual realm. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 4. Listen to what it says. You are coming to Christ. Listen, you, this is such a beautiful scripture. You are coming to Christ, who is the living cornerstone of God's temple. He was rejected by people, but he was chosen by God for great honor. And you are living stones. Say that with me. I am a living stone that God is building into his spiritual temple. What's more, you are holy priests through the, medication, uh, the medita mediation of Christ Jesus. You offer spiritual sacrifices that please God, as the scriptures say. I'm placing a cornerstone in Jerusalem, chosen for great honor, and anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Yes, you must trust him, recognize the honor of God has given him. For, but for those who reject him, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. So when I read that, let me tell you right now, you are priests and kings. You've been chosen to be part of this amazing end time move of God. Amen. Come on. You have been chosen to, to usher in the, the promises of heaven. You and I in this season of our lives, you have been chosen. Come on. You've been earmarked for greatness. You are the letter written. And the thing that needs to rise up inside of you today is courage. You've, you've got to say, God, I need courage. I need boldness. I need to understand what I look like to everybody else. Amen. Come on. You've got to step into the rest of the sea and decide, Lord, I want to become the witness that I've never been before because my testimony in you is sure. Come on. You've got to allow the Holy Spirit in today and say, God, I'm, I, just, I, I just I want to be a living epistle. I want to be that letter written. I want to be that person that exemplifies Christ, that exhibits Jesus in everything that I do. Be conscious of him. It's amazing how many people out there that are, that are connecting with so many different spiritual 
spiritual things. I, I mean, I'm not talking about the kingdom. I'm talking about spiritualism. To, I'm speaking about Buddhism and all these different isms. And everybody wants to be conscious of their spirituality. But how many of you know that you'll never be conscious until you meet the Jesus of, of the Spirit? Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so, yeah, we are in this amazing a junction. I believe there's a junction and we've got to choose this day. We've got to choose God this day for me and my household. We will serve the Lord. God, I decide today to be a living epistle. I decide today to be the letter written. I decide today to allow the Holy Spirit to move through me. You know, it's amazing. I don't want to just share these things because I've experienced them. I want you to start to experience them. I believe God wants to activate some of you today. Amen. Come on. Sometimes we come into the kingdom and we come into the kingdom and our conscious, our conscious, we're just always conscious about our sin and our sin. And we plead God and we plead with God says no. And God's saying, no, don't plead with me anymore. You have been forgiven. You've been set free. You have covered in the blood of Jesus. When you come here, I want to give you the revelation you need to go and touch people and set them free. Come on. We've got to start to shift things in our minds, shift things in our heart. Otherwise, we'll just walk around feeling condemned. Listen to me. You're not just a little sinner in the gate. You're a saint in the gate. You're full of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Come on. You have the fire of the Holy Ghost operating in you and through you. God wants to stir you up. God wants to give you dreams. God wants to give you desires. Come on. God wants to give you hope. God wants to give you all the things you need. And then you've got to get into a place called the Holy Ghost. And you've got to say, Holy Spirit, will you lead me and guide me? Will you show me by the Spirit who needs healing, who needs restoration, who needs life, who needs joy? God, show me the valleys of the dry bones. Come on. I want to get in some valleys this week. I don't want to hang around some chosen, frozen Christian people that are just chosen. For, I want to get around the valleys of the dry bones. I'm going to start finding those armies. I want to start finding those Lazaruses that shouldn't be in the graves. I want to start calling those people out. You see, we become so comfortable in our zone. I'm so comfortable. I'm so, com I'm so happy. At this shouldn't be a happy place. This should be a war zone where we give you the armory you need. We should weaponize you in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Come on, some of us just need to be weaponized. How many of you know that David, his meal was weaponized in, 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 in Psalms 23? That meal was weaponized. Amen. Come on. It says that David sat in the, in the what? In the where? Where did David sit and eat? In full view of the devil. Ate his food in the full view of the devil. In the presence of the enemy. God says, I want to weaponize. He'll even weaponize your meal. He'll weaponize your tongue. He'll weaponize your anointing. Come on, some of you need to be weaponized. Some of you just want to be, oh, I just want to be happy. Oh, praise you, Jesus. Twinkle, twinkle, little star. And the world's going to hell. God is going to start weaponizing some of you. God's going to start to give you the anointing to raise the dead. And I'm not speaking about dead people. I'm speaking about the living dead. I'm speaking about people that are just, the only thing they're just short of is smelling. But they're dead. And God says, I want you to start to look for the dead walking. I want you to start to find those people in this city that once knew me, that once loved me, but are now dead because of all the circumstances. I want you to go there and raise some people from the dead. Raise some pastors from the dead. Raise some leaders from the dead. Amen. Come on. Raise some people from the dead. Just go and hang next to them and say, I wonder if they're alive. 
but because I'm filled with the Holy Ghost, I'm going to just start laying hands on them and I'm start praying in tongues. I'm telling you, you'll find out real quick how many people will respond. You start praying in tongues in a train coach, you'll see some manifestations. Amen, come on. People will either start praying with you or they run out of the coach. I sat down next to a guy. I took out my Bible because I knew he was, he was, he was satanic. There was a satanic thing on this man. I took my Bible out on, on, uh, because I wanted to. I took my Bible out. I was flying long trip. I thought, I'm not sitting next to this bloke. He is going to give his life to Jesus or he's going to have to find another seat. But I ain't going to sit here and get into all sorts of struggles. So I took my Bible out on spite. And when he saw my Bible, he looked at me, his eyes, when he looked at me, his eyes glowed red. And he got up and left. See, some of you don't know the power that you carry. Some of you are still thinking like a baby. Some of you are still thinking like a member. No, you're full of, you have the capacity. You have the Holy Ghost. Amen. Come on. The move, movers. What is, are you guys together? Please hold hands. Not only are you a great leader and a great protector. But you are a mover and a shaker. Amen. You guys will move and bring people again into relationship. I saw married couples coming to your house and getting healed and getting restored. Married couples, not one, but numerous married couples coming, knocking on the door and saying, will you help us with our marriage? Will you help us with our children? I'm telling you, your household will become a place of supernatural healing and restoration. Amen. Come on. What, are you guys together? Hold hands. I was in a church the other day and I told someone to hold hands. They didn't even know each other. Thank you, Jesus. And the Lord says, daughter and a son, you need to get back on the wall. There's a Nehemiah anointing on you. There's a Nehemiah anointing. God says that which took 146 years, that which took 76 years will take 52 days. I saw in 52 days that this church would start to experience supernatural, supernatural miracles, signs and wonders. In the next 52 days, God says, I'm going to start to shift things into place. And that which you thought would take another 5, 10 years, God says, will take 52 days. But you've got to get on the wall. You've got to study Nehemiah. Because when you study Nehemiah, you'll find that he went and he, and he actually touched the leaders, the leaders in that city of Jerusalem. He went to the leaders and he told them about the city. And it says, and the leaders made a decision to build the wall. And the Lord says, for you all to see revival in Bradford and beyond, you've got to come into agreement, black, white, yellow, orange, purple, whatever your culture is, you've got to get into agreement. And you've got to pray for unity in your city. Pray for unity. Amen. Come on. Pray for the denominational walls to be destroyed. God says, I want to raise up a standard. And when people look at you, they won't see white or black. They'll see the kingdom. That's why this house will succeed. This house will succeed because it's colorblind. Come on. That's why it succeeds. People will come to you and say, how come you've got this one and that one? And look at them. They're all hanging together. There, there's no, there, because God says there's, there's no Jew, there's no Gentile, there's no female, there's no male. Come on. We've got to get into God's kingdom. Amen. Come on. God's glory. God's, and this lady sitting here with the red on, what's your name? Your name, ma'am. Yes. 
Nada, you've been waiting and you've been trusting God and you've been saying, God, I'm in, I see you like in this, in this season of waiting, in the season of just nothing's happening. And God says, I'm going to start to bring things to pass. I'm going to start healing your family. I'm going to start restoring those things that the enemy has started to steal from your family. God says, I'm going to start to heal your family. You've been crying out because the enemy wants you to think that the place you're in, it's your fault. It's your family's fault. Everybody else's fault. No, nobody's at fault yet. The enemy me just deceived but God says in the season I'm healing you and restoring you are you born again then you're a saint then you're a woman of God you've got to rise up in the season say man I want to be like Esther I want to be like Ruth I want to be like this one Lord I want to just be like what you made me to be but I'm going to not allow any longer my family to lay in ruins I saw God healing your family tree in Jesus name in Jesus name that young lady sitting over there with the, the, like the green type top on. What's your name? Sarah, come sit right here in front. From now on, she needs to sit in front with a book and a pen and start taking notes. Because the Lord says, Sarah, I've put an anointing of leadership on you. I put an anointing on you to lead and to raise up. I put an anointing on you to raise up a standard amongst young people. I saw you pushing in and I saw young people being raised up around you. But there's an anointing on you to write worship. There's an anointing on you to sing. There's an anointing. Do you sing? You play guitar, go to your past and say, I'm ready to do it anything you want, but I'm not going to sit in the back there and just wonder. There is an anointing on you to, to do the things that you've desired to do. Amen. And you've just been hanging out with God and hanging out to see God's kingdom come and hanging out. And God showed me that you will bring such a, a healing to your generation. You've been crying out for your generation. So, Father, we just thank you in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you would start to move in her life like never before. In Jesus' name. Come on. In Jesus' name. Father God, we just thank you. We thank you, Jesus. We praise you, Lord. Listen to me. Just say this with me. I am the letter written. I am the letter written. I am the letter written. And the Lord would say to you, both of you, you guys have been so faithful in the vineyard, and it's like you've been looking for a place to land. God, where are we going to land this ship? When are we going to land? God says, you're going to land right here. I saw you landing right in this house. God says, you're going to land, and you're going to be restored, and you're going to get healed, and you're going to be restored, because there's so many fractures, and people that have done things to you, and just fractured, and broke your legs, and broke this, and broke that, and just left you fractured, and God says, this day, you and your wife will no longer be fractured, but you'll be brought into alignment, and this is going to be a place of healing and restoration for you, in Jesus' name. So, Father, we just thank you. Now, listen, to say this quickly. How many of you are battling? I felt the Lord wants to touch. Um, people have pain where your gallbladder is. Who's got pain in their gallbladder? Gallbladder, this area. Come, I want to lay hands on you. Thank you, Jesus. Quickly, just come quickly. Just play some soft music there if you want. Thank you, Jesus. Soft, soft worship music. Some guys put on hard praise music, just soft. Because God's a healer. No, there's, some, there's one more. You've got pain in your abdomen this morning. It's like, God, where does this pain come from? Who's that? It's just pain. I don't know if it's on this side. Who? Who are you pointing to somebody? Who? Come. I want to pray for you. Come. You've got to get healed. That thing's just going to bother you to no end. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I want someone to help me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 
that God wants to heal, not just your abdomen. Look at me. God wants to heal the emotions, all sorts of emotional stuff. Is that true? Yes. God wants to give you strength. God wants to give you vision so that you can become a healer. You see, you have a teaching gift. And God wants to start